Welcome to Atmosphere Church. My name is Jim Cruz and I'm the lead pastor. We're a new non-denominational life-giving church located in the Conejo Valley, just west of Los Angeles. Let me just say on behalf of all of us here at Atmosphere, thank you for downloading or streaming this service. We pray that it'll touch your heart and change your life. In addition to bringing you today's service, we wanna make ourselves available to you in any way we can. Please leave a comment if you need prayer or if you wanna speak with one of our leaders in any struggle that you may be facing right now, we will be sure to respond to anything you need in your life. Here at Atmosphere, we believe that we should never forsake the gathering together with other believers. Don't use this recorded service as your church experience. Get involved in the local church to the extent that the people there know you by name. If you live in the Southern California area, we would love to invite you to be a part of our community. For more information about our church, go to our official webpage at atmosphere.church. Finally, there's a lot of man hours that are put behind making services and resources like this available that are meant to help you grow and develop as a disciple of Jesus Christ. So if this service and our other resources bless you, would you consider giving back to Atmosphere Church to support not just these things, but to also support the creation of even more resources for you and really for others who are also desiring to grow in their faith. To make a financial donation, simply click on the link on our site that says donate and your gift of any amount is greatly appreciated. Remember, when you give to Atmosphere Church, you're actually giving through Atmosphere to change lives in our church in our city and literally around the world. We've already prayed for you that today's message would speak directly to your heart and empower you to live the life that God has called you to live. Enjoy the service. We're super excited to start this new series today called Selfless. And uh, I, I tell you that our culture right now, and this isn't a news flash to anybody that's in this room, our culture is a little bit too obsessed with self. And so what we want to do over the next several weeks is unpack God's plan on how to kind of pull back the attention that we put on ourselves. And to know that really God's word declares to us that the way to experience more life is to actually have less self. And I'm going to pray, and we're going to get into God's Word this morning. We're going to be in a couple of passages, but I'm going to have you turn to the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, I believe uh, we're going to be at uh, chapter 16, but let me pray this. Father, I thank you for giving us this new church to belong to. And I know, God, a lot of people that are here this morning, Lord, they're going through things, they're hurting Maybe there's relational difficulties. Maybe there's health things going on. But Father, I pray that you would meet us here and let us know, Lord, that you are real and that you are wanting to move in our lives. I pray that you would confirm some things to us, God, that you've been whispering to us all week through this message today. And when we leave this place here in a little while, God, may we know that we had a genuine, real encounter with the living God. And we thank you in advance for how you're going to do that. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Now, you received a paper when you came in, or you should have. And I know Pastor Phil talked to you guys about filling out your connection card. 
to make sure that we have your email address because that's our main way of letting you know what's going on. And there is going to be a time next month where we're going to be jumping to two services uh, come Easter Sunday. And so it's imperative that we have your email so that we can keep you posted with our service times and make sure that that you show up to, to church on time and get to select which uh, service you go to. But there's an additional paper you should have received when you came in. And uh, we're doing a personality assessment this morning. Now, we are talking about being selfless, so you can imagine what kind of personality assessment it is, but I'm not going to tell you because I don't want it to skew how you filled this out, all right? So I want you to be as honest as you can uh, with answering either A or B, which statement out of the 40 questions best matches your attitude and who you are as a person. Now, I'm going to give you five minutes just because we want to make sure that we don't keep the kids next door too long and the natives will grow restless the longer that we have service in here. Five minutes later. What you just took, now I can tell you since you're done, is you took a narcissistic personality assessment. (laughs) Now, for those of you that don't know what narcissism is, it is excessive interest in or admiration of oneself and one's physical appearance. And so what this assessment does is it just lets you know on the spectrum of being self-absorbed where you fall at. Now, you need to know that every answer that you circled A to is an indicator of how self-absorbed you are. So the higher number A that you are, the more self-absorbed you tend to be. Now, before you freak out and go, oh, you know, I've got a pretty high score, the average, the national average uh, of people that filled out this assessment is 15.3. So if you scored on your A above uh, 16, you're you're a little bit more self-absorbed than the rest of America, all right? A little bit more. But, but here's some interesting statistics. I was looking at this. It says, a score of 17 and above indicates that you are flirting with narcissism. Okay, that's, that's what that means. The average score for actors, for some reason actors are more, it's 18.4. Uh, reality TV stars is 19.45. Okay. This is an interesting statistic. Violent offenders in prison weigh in at 23. So if you scored high, that doesn't mean you're headed for prison or anything like that. But the reason I wanted to do this is is I wanted to just kind of let us all into this conversation because with, with being selfish, we tend to see it really well on other people, but we don't really see it well on ourselves. Yeah, you, you, right now, without looking at your assessment, you could think of somebody in your life that's a pretty selfish person. No elbowing allowed if you're married to them right now, right? But we can see it really clearly in other people, but we have a harder time seeing it on ourselves. So I, I want to show you that 
we all have this ingredient and this element in our life, this, this self-centeredness and this idea of being self-absorbed. And it's not always negative because, you know, you, you need to kind of care for yourself. That's, that's part of your survival mechanism that, that you need to care for yourself. But there's a big difference between self-care and selfish. And so this whole series we want to dive into is to to focus on this idea of being a too self-absorbed, being too selfish. Now, now if you have little kids, you know that selfish, you don't don't train a little child to be selfish. They just naturally are like that. You just have to have a couple of kids to see this uh, yourself, Uh, but... We had three kids, and when they were real little, I'll never forget this breakfast that we had at a restaurant, uh, and all my kids were there, and my oldest, Kylie, I think she was like maybe four, and we order a side of bacon so that we, all, we could all share the bacon, and so we start sharing the bacon, and Kylie eats a piece of bacon, and I don't know if this is the first time she ever ate bacon, but she decided she really liked bacon. And so it was a, you know, a family style. So here was this plate of bacon in the middle of the table, and we all had a, a slice of bacon that we were going to have, and there were two slices left, and Kylie decided that she liked bacon so much, she wanted the other two. But she knew that, you know, hey, there was only enough for one per person, and so she did what most people would do. She licked both pieces. <laughs> she claimed her bacon. Why? Because self-centeredness came naturally to this four-year-old little girl, just like it comes naturally maybe to you. And, and we want to look at this because as there's been so many studies done, especially in the era of social media and the effects that social media has had on feeding our propensity to be self-absorbed. And some people say, you know, social media is what's fueling this obsession with being self-absorbed. But in reality, social media is simply a byproduct of us already being self-absorbed. It's just feeding into it. So it's not like social media is actually making it worse per se. It's just feeding something that was already there, accenting it, you might say, uh, more than it has been. And these studies that have been done is they did this assessment that you did this morning. The same assessment was done uh, through universities all across our continent. And it's been uh, done for the last 30 years. And what they've seen over the last 30 years is they've seen a 30% increase of the score going up. And so in other words, as we progressed as a culture, we're getting more and more narcissistic. We're becoming more and more self-absorbed. But what I propose to you guys in this message and what the Bible tells us is when you get so self-absorbed with your life, what happens is you get more and more fed up with life. Matter of fact, I don't think it's a coincidence as we become more and more self-absorbed, we've also become more and more depressed. That self-centeredness is at an all-time high, but so is depression. And what I want to tell you is they're connected. And what Jesus told us, if you really want to experience life the way God intended you to experience it, then it's going to be found in you living life in such a way that you kind of actually lose 
your life. In Matthew chapter 16, this is where we kind of find Jesus talking about this idea. He says, from then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders, the leading priests and the teachers of the religious law. He would be killed, but on the third day, he would be raised from the dead. But Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Heaven forbid, Lord, he said, this will never happen to you. And Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. Something you never want Jesus to tell you, all right? (laughs) You are a dangerous trap for me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. Now, I I like this particular passage because here we have Peter with the very narrow focus of what he felt Jesus was supposed to do. He, he felt he knew Jesus's agenda. And Jesus's agenda in Peter's mind was to help Peter. It, it was to advance Peter's cause to be able to be part of this, this leadership and this, this kind of this overthrow of the Roman occupation. And finally, God's kingdom was going to be able to rule instead of Rome. And Peter would be right next to Jesus as Jesus took up his rightful place on the throne, ruling over the entire area. And Jesus said, this isn't how it's going to play out, Peter. You got to quit being so narrowly focused on your perspective, and you got to embrace a larger perspective, and that is the kingdom perspective. And see, when you have such a narrow view of life, what happens is you create a small world for yourself. And a self-centered mindset creates such a small world that anything, no matter how big or little it is, it's going to seem overwhelming to you. Because here's a concept I learned years ago. When your world is small, everything becomes big. And when your world is big, everything becomes small. So Jesus was saying we have to transcend this this world that we've made as an island where it's I that's kind of ruling things and things are supposed to work out. And we got to embrace a much bigger world because not only in that space are you going to be able to please God and bring more glory to God, but you're actually going to be shrinking down the problems that you are currently facing. Right now, there are some problems and issues in your life that are making you feel like you're drowning. And part of the problem is... your perspective is way too small. Your perspective is about yourself and maybe your family. And God is saying, the broader, the bigger that you make your world, the smaller the issues you're facing are going to become. Now, I I think this, what Jesus is saying here is, is super important to understand that if you seek to lose, or if you seek to save your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will end up saving it. John the Baptist, when Jesus came on scene and and he was entering into his his ministry, that John the Baptist was the primary guy that was leading in the gospel. 
But when Jesus came on scene, John saw it. And he says something so profound, and, and it's recorded in John chapter 3, verse 30. I like how the New Living Translation reads it. It says, he must become greater, that is Jesus, and I, John the Baptist, must become less. So now that Jesus is here, I've got to learn to put him in a much greater position than I'm putting myself in. And so when Jesus comes into your life, the position that you need to find yourself in is the same position that John the Baptist put himself in, and that is, I must learn in this life how to make Jesus greater and how to make myself less. And how do we do this? Well, the Apostle Paul writes this letter to the Philippian church, and he says it this way in Philippians chapter 2. He says, don't be selfish, Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. What Paul is talking about here is Jesus not only told us the way to live the life that God's called us to live. He showed us the way to do it by demonstrating it in his own life. Imagine how comfortable it was for the Son of God to be with God at the right hand of God in heaven. Talk about comfort. He left his dwelling place with God to come down here in the most lowly of forms. He he was born in a manger, right? And born in a barn. And and he was raised in this, this really poor family in Nazareth. I mean, all of the divine privileges that he had access to in heaven were stripped away from him so that he could take on a mission for all of humanity. And Paul says, if you want to experience the life that God wants you to live You have to have the same mindset that Christ had when he was here in his earthly ministry. You have to learn how to be selfless and to be people more. You have to learn this idea. And really, honestly, this is what humility is. And a lot of people have different ideas of of what being humble looks like. And Rick Warren wrote a book called The Purpose Driven Life. A lot of you have read that book. But there was a quote that he gave about the idea of humility that I love. He says, humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. And this is what Paul's talking about. He's saying Jesus took on the humble form of a servant as a slave so that people could be elevated by him de-elevating himself. And so our key to succeeding in life and and really to to rule in life is I brought a little prop today. It's handy to have for a stage with no steps. But what happens is 
When, when we're self-absorbed, the idea is we're always trying to figure out how we can elevate ourselves in a situation. So we, we always try to find out how I can be on the top. And it sometimes means that you have to step on some people to get there. It means that you have to, you know, not be nice sometimes. But it's all about how can I get to an elevated place where people are beneath me, that I can, can you know, have the power over people. This is really the, at the heart of being self-absorbed. But being humble is, uh, can I borrow you for a second, Wyatt? Being humble is to come alongside, say, I have, I have all the ability to climb up and to elevate, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take my hand out, and I'm going to help elevate other people. This is my brother of another mother. Doesn't he look? He can kind of be my brother, huh? Yeah. So, so my job in being humble is I've got to figure out what can I do to help elevate Wyatt? And Jesus said, if you really want to experience the life that I've given you, then you need to learn how you can elevate others and de-elevate yourself. So you got to take the Wyatts in your life and say, God, how, how can I take him and elevate him up? And so that I'm not thinking uh, less of myself. I'm just thinking of myself less so I can be thinking of other people like Wyatt more. Give it up for Wyatt. Good job, buddy. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use this to elevate myself back on the stage. All right. My pants are too tight. All right. <laughs> so, so first Peter, check this out. First Peter chapter five, verse five, it says, and all of you must put on the apron of humility to serve one another. For the scripture says, God resists the proud but shows favor to the humble. This is what I want to leave you with this morning. God loves everybody in here equally. As Katie was saying in our worship set, there's nothing you could do to earn more love in your life than you already have. Like Jesus gave his life for you. No matter how good or bad you've been this week, he loves you. But as you read the narrative of the Bible, you will see that there is some extra favor that comes your way when you decide that you're going to leverage your life in a humble manner. That God opposes the proud, but he gives favor to the humble. Imagine that. In other words, we all have favor of God, but people that learn to live humbly, that means that you are you're doing yourself less and you're elevating other people more, it's like God has given you an, an extra scoop of favor in your life. Could you, could you use a little extra scoop of that favor right now in your life? This is what he's talking about. Matter of fact, I believe there's a formula for the favor of God that you need to look at and that we're going to unpack over the next several weeks, and that is giving more, loving more, and serving more equals serving ourselves less, but that also is the formula for humility. So it's, it's not a matter of like, how, how can I be less self-absorbed? 
That's not the focus here. The focus isn't how do I de-elevate myself? Because as you begin to elevate others in your life, the natural byproduct of elevating others is that you are de-elevating the obsession that maybe you've been having with yourself and issues that you've maybe explored this last week or this last month in your world. Church, listen to me. Lean into this. Your world gets bigger. And when your world gets bigger, your issues become smaller because you're embracing a kingdom perspective that is so grand and so glorious that you won't ever want to go back and just make life all about you anymore. This is what I love about this series and how we're kind of going to live this out. I call it living Jesus style. And we're going to live Jesus style on Saturday morning. We're going to go out and we're going to do some surf projects and say, well, that's not really my thing. It should be your thing because even though maybe these people aren't as needy as maybe you are, maybe there are some needs in your life, but the fact is that there are some needs out there and that we want to give you an opportunity to practice what it means to be humble about putting other people's needs before yourself because Chances are, if I were to interview each of you, you all have a lot going on in your lives. And Saturday morning, you could probably think of about five things you could fill your Saturday morning doing. But what Paul was writing to Philippian Church, he's like, hey, we got to learn how we can maybe put a pin in our own stuff and leverage our life for other people. And what if instead of four hours on Saturday, you just went through your to-do list and checked all the boxes of things that you needed to accomplish for your life. And you said, I'm going to devote these four hours to helping some other people out. Because what I'm going to tell you, as you learn to live your life like this, not only are you going to help others, but in the end, God is actually going to give you favor for your own schedule and help you accomplish the very things that you need to accomplish. Where you could do them on your, you could do them on your own, or you could have God help you do those things. So this Saturday morning we have four projects lined up. Now maybe we'll add to this. Maybe a couple of these things will change. But here's what we have today: and Amy and Natalie and and Phil and Ellen, they're going to be out there at the table after service, and they're going to be able to talk to you about these projects that we're doing. But we're showing up at 9 a.m. at the Best Western Hotel in the parking lot. Don't go inside because uh, they're doing a bridal shower thing and you might be sucked into a wedding, all right? So this is the outreach. (laughs) Don't get married. No, um, (laughs) we're going to be in the parking lot. Just look for the atmosphere awning, but we're going to do a home cleanup for a disabled man. We're going to do home cleanup for an elderly woman. We're going to do homeless care packages, uh, and we're going to give them away. We have like 30 care packages that we're going to be uh, going to different parts of our city and uh, uh, just praying and and loving on some of our homeless uh, citizens. And then we have some 507 gift certificates that we purchased for college students, and we just want to go find some college students and love them and be able to distribute these gift certificates and just say, hey, we want to show God's love in a practical way and show you that God loves you, and so do we. And so you look at that and say, well, I could do that. Maybe some of you, you're like, you know, I haven't, haven't you know, picked up a, you know, a, a, a hedge trimmer in a while. I, I haven't done any yard work. You know, I'm ready to get these hands, put some gloves on them and just go for it. Maybe the, one of the home cleanup projects is for you. But maybe some of you are like, you know what? I've always had a desire to maybe go and minister homeless, but it's always intimidated me. The best place to maybe 
you know, learn how to do this is with a group of people so you're not intimidated to do it by yourself. And plus, you know, we're, we're there to, you know, sometimes, especially women, they can get a little uh, intimidated. Maybe they don't feel safe, but you can go with a group of people and, and serve together. I think it's awesome. And then, of course, you know, handing out gift certificates to people, that's really fun because in, in our day and age, people are like, what's the catch? Like, you know, is this legit? Am I going to go to prison, you know, for you know what? Um, so you get to give them the card and say, no, man, it's for our church, and we just want to love our community. We've been through a lot, and we just feel like this is a, a great way to show God's love in, in a practical way. And as we just conclude our time uh, this morning, the next couple of weeks, we're going to be looking at what does it mean to give more? What does it mean to love more? What does it mean to serve more? And we're going to see as we do these things, we're becoming more and more like Jesus. And that's what it's all about, church. We just spent all this time talking about the book of James and how we're moving from one glory to the next glory. But God's will for your life is to look more and more like Jesus. And you look the most like Jesus when you're giving, when you're loving, and when you're serving. And the cool thing is, is not only do you look more like Jesus, life becomes a lot less about you. And when life becomes a lot less about you, you actually start living a powerful life. Let's pray. Band, I'll have you come on up. Father, I just thank you for this word this morning. God, that it's all about your kingdom. And I know, Lord, there's some people here that maybe are just far from you. Maybe they've never stepped into a relationship with you before. But God, I pray that this message makes, the, makes it really crystal clear that you love us and that you did the ultimate selfless act and that you left heaven to come to this earth to die for us so that we might be forgiven and made right before God and have eternal life. If you've never stepped into a relationship with God, you don't have to know the Bible backwards and forwards and all of that. You just have to say, you know what? I really believe that Jesus did that for me. And I believe he resurrected not just to get me to heaven, but to get heaven into me. And the powerful thing about living this kind of Jesus style that I'm talking about is that this life doesn't start the moment you die and you go to heaven. The life starts the moment you surrender your life to Christ and he comes into your life. It starts today. So there is a turnaround that God wants to bring into your life beginning today. But there has to be a decision on your part to say, Jesus, I want to surrender to you. And I'm going to take your selfless act and I want to change my life with it so that I can live the same kind of life that you live because I know how I've been living my life I'm, I'm not experiencing anything that I want to experience there's somebody in here today and you are under major depression and I'm not saying it's all spiritual sometimes it's clinical and medical but I feel and I sense that somebody here today, you're under a lot of depression. And I'm here to declare to you a lot of that 
is self-centeredness. A lot of that is you're too absorbed in yourself and in your problems and in your world. And God is saying, I want a breakthrough to come to your life. But in order for me to break through, you have to break off your love affair with yourself. Maybe for some of you, that's pressing the pause button on social media so you stop feeding that. Maybe for some of you, it's just coming to the serve day, even though you have a lot going on in your life, to take four hours of your day and say, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna learn how to put other needs before my own. But for some of you, the greatest thing that you can do to turn your life around right now today is to say yes to Jesus, and to invite him in, to let his Holy Spirit come and live inside of you today, to change your life. Hey, thank you for tuning in today to another message from Atmosphere Church. If this message has spoken to your heart, would you take a moment and share it with your friends? You can connect with us on YouTube, iTunes Podcast, Facebook, Twitter, and even on Instagram. Simply do a search for Atmosphere Church through these various platforms and click either the follow or subscribe buttons. It's another great way for us to be able to stay connected with you. And until next time, we pray you'll keep the faith, spread the hope, and live the love. God bless you.